Welcome back, everybody, to Down for the Count, your favorite podcast on Spotify and Anchor app. I say that with sarcasm. As always, <laughs> I am Alexis, and with me today is Tiff. Uh, Janae is currently under the weather, and Nicole is currently making that money at work. So big shout out to both of them. But we have a very, very special guest here. He is one of my favorite wrestling, TikTok wrestling creators. Give it up for the one and only Macho Fan Sandy Ravage. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here, part of Down for the Count. Um, and I am formally now the Macho Fan Sandy Ravage. Sandy Ravage's character has now gone into another existence. He'll be a Hall of Fame member in the TTWF, but you can call me Ryan for today. The Macho Fan is still here, but uh, the Ryan, right. you can call me Ryan. Ryan, okay. All right. Well, we're going to, this is the episode that a lot of y'all have been waiting for. And um, this is something we've talked about for a few months now, but we're going to let all our grievances out and we're going to have some conversations. But what we're going to focus on right now is AEW. Now, we, Ryan, me, Tiff, Jay, and Nicole have been having a conversation since about last show. I possibly know what we're talking about here. The whole issue with that member of the Dark Order, where he was injured in the ring. And uh, no one really seemed to do anything. <laughs> like, everyone was just kind of stepping over him. Um, we oh. have been saying this for months. We've been kind of seeing the holes with when it comes to safety and storylines. And there really doesn't seem to be any kind of control going on at that promotion it just seems like they're trying to throw stuff against the wall to see what sticks um so ryan what do you what do you think of with you know the like just beginning with like the matt hardy sammy Guevara thing with the mm-hmm. dark order what do you think with all these <sighs> pre- these crazy stunts and injuries that seem to be happening going on in aew right now uh, I, I definitely disagree with how they handled the Matt Hardy situation, and same with Silver last night. Uh, I believe it was Silver that was injured. Uh, but it was it's it's just so hard because we see botches in every promotion, and so it's hard to gauge AEW's botches compared to what we see because uh, we've seen Hall and Ridge get entered, injured on NXT pretty badly. We've seen a lot in the Finn Balor match, and so we see these injuries happen like all over the place. And I feel like it's not just an AEW problem. And I made a video about this recently too. It's more of an industry problem. And it's mainly because they're trying to do too much. A lot of legends, WWE superstars have come out and said that they don't, I think it was Kevin Nash has come out and said that they are not selling as much as they used to. Like you need to sell the move more, not actually get hit, not actually get injured. It's a, it's about being able to work with your partner and work safely. And so I agree, like, the Matt Hardy one was despicable. I don't believe that Matt should have continued. As for Silver last night, it I felt like they tried to do too much with it. But then again, it, more so after the fact. It didn't happen in the immediate moment when it needed to. Uh, after the match, Cody Rhodes comes running out to the match, and we see all this in the social media and the aftermath. And it's just like, okay, well, where was, why didn't the referee do that? Why wasn't there, like, normally in WWE, one thing I kind of got on them for one uh, few years back is because WWE was too involved with their referees in the matches. Like, every spot the referee is checking on the opponent. And you're like, oh my God, this is too much. But then you see why when it's just the opposite. 
Um, and so I don't necessarily say it's like an AEW problem as a whole. It's an industry problem. And they feel like they're just doing moving too fast. People are moving too fast right now. They need to slow down. I have to agree. But I will just give you just a little added in there. I think with AEW, because it's such, um, because they're structured like an indie program and the way that they display their matches on TV, that's how they are. They, they're fighting like an indie show and they're not wrestling for television. So a lot of spots, he's right when he says, well, they're doing too much. Yeah, because they're trying to get good spots where it looks great. They can put these clips on the internet and people will come and watch it, which is fine. I have no issues with that. But it does leave a lot of window for injuries. He's also right about it being a problem across the board. Because in WWE, right now, NXT has major injuries with their current champion, their previous champion, Karrion Cross. he's injured. Mm-hmm. And then you have, um, what's his name, Kyle O'Reilly, almost getting his teeth broken. They're in a match because they're fighting just too stiff. It's just too stiff. However, when you watch NXT UK, and they fight stiff all the time there. It's rare that you hear people are getting injured or they're breaking teeth or they're getting, you know, stuff. stuff the stuff that happened with Ridge Holland in NXT, that was a freak accident. Mm. Like, that that was something that clearly was an accident and only continuing to, to play that, he didn't know. So that was an, and it was just a freak accident. But like I said, when you compare it and you're watching NXT UK, you know full well they have British Strong Style over there. And they fight very, very stiff, so it looks real. When you watch that, you're not hearing about countless, countless injuries in NXT UK. So there is a way to do it so that it looks great and it plays out correctly on television without your superstars being injured. So that's what has to be worked on. When AEW first started, that was one of my issues. It's not that they don't have a great program or good wrestling. They have everything that they need to put on one of the best products and rival WWE, rightfully so. Problem is they're sloppy and they're lazy and they're giving you only enough to make you go AEW is great. And you're like, okay, yeah, it's great. It has potential to be greater. You have to clean up, tighten up, and make your program worthy of um, not only the fans but the superstars need to be protected. You can't just throw matches together like that. That was scary. To see that guy laying in the middle of the ring like that and there's nothing, there's nobody stopping it. People are jumping over him. A botch could happen at any moment. He could get further injured. it, It was very, very scary for me. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Uh, and the the main thing about that injury too is like, and it's for the AEW. The only thing I I can I want to add on to that is it's just every week I feel like there is something major. Where like in WWE, even on Raw and SmackDown, like there are a lot of injuries. We saw Ivar get injured like in those accidents where they're trying to just to do too much. Um, but it's they feel like they're fewer and farther between. Even though we see that you know the women's roster for uh, Raw and SmackDown right now is depleted because of injuries. So like we know yeah. it is. You're right. Like and injuries are. We're agreeing that injuries happen worldwide. But I do agree. Like AEW, their injuries seem to come at bigger moments. And mm-hmm. so yeah, they need to definitely they need to clean it up. I don't right. necessarily call it laziness because these are these guys are doing 
feats and you know guys and gals are doing feats that I could never do. So I feel like it's just too much sometimes. Like we got, they got to know their limits, and that's one thing Vince McMahon is able to do is he's able to temper the wrestler. Right. So uh, I know a couple. Was it? A, oh man, this year's been going by slow. There was a couple of years ago where um, Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon had that Hell in a Cell match, mm-hmm. and I remember all the crap WWE got because. I don't know if it was just a bad camera angle or whatever, but when KO fell off the cage and he hit the announcer's table, there was that crash pad underneath it. Yeah. And I remember people giving WWE so much shit because they put a safety pad under it. And I'm like, yeah, because Vince realizes this isn't like Foley, which every time make Foley walks, I'm in pain. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just like Nick, just just sit down and cut a promo in a recliner. Just just stay there. And um I was just like, you know, they don't want another incident like Mick Foley, like rewatching King of the Ring nineteen ninety nine. I legit swear that man died in that ring. And he just he's just been a zombie ever since. Um uh, Yeah. Okay, I'm but I'm not I gonna just, say that if Vince does it because he doesn't want to okay, I'll be nice. You say maybe he doesn't want people to get hurt. But I think it's more so about the longevity of how much money he can make. He needs, he needs them in order for WWE to function. Your superstars have to be there. And if they're doing stunts like that and they're not protected, at least looking out for their safety, they're not going to be there much longer. I mean, you look at guys like Kevin Nash and he just had that surgery. What was it, last year or the year before? And he looked like he was his body was literally like his leg looked like the shape of a K. Yeah. Like he was going through it. And then he went and had that surgery and he's able to walk. He's like working out again. He's back in shape. He said he's not in pain anymore. His back straightened out. Like that just goes to prove how much they stress and how much damage they do to themselves in the sport. So, yeah. 100%. And using a crash pad isn't something that is, like, uncommon for AEW or WWE. I think the problem with uh, – I know because especially when the crash pad incident happened with Shane McMahon, it was more the fact that we saw the crash pad. Because um, people gave um, – I heard critics giving um, Kenny Omega and Sammy Guevara when they did the spot at the stamp, stadium stampede because when they hit the bottom, you can, it was a, they were on a full crash pad and they didn't even bother to cover it up. And so a lot of people are saying, oh, like, there's a crash pad right there. You can definitely tell. So it was more the fact that it's, we can see it. If it was, if they can blend it in with camera tricks, no one's going to know it's because every major spot's going to have a crash pad like that. WWE, especially because they're a publicly owned corporation now. They have to, it's that Vince McMahon doesn't have a say over necessarily. I mean, Vince McMahon will definitely do the jump because we saw him do it with Rob Gronkowski. But it's just more the fact that they will take safety precautions because they are traded now like even before like vince is he knows he needs his people on there he doesn't like injuries he doesn't like blood he does not blood and guts quote unquote no that's no he i think and that's why everyone freaks out now when they see blood in wwe because we've done uh we've done just zoom calls during quarantine during pay-per-views and when someone gets busted open we're like oh shit that wasn't supposed to happen mm. or like if someone gets <laughs> cut or something they're just like bleeding all over the place we're just like oh shit that shouldn't have been going down uh i just want our our co-host nicole again shout out to nicole hope you're having a good day at work um, 
she she says a lot of these these um especially like the sammy guevara and matt hardy accident that happened because that's what it was it was an accident i don't blame sammy guevara i don't blame matt i blame the idiot who doesn't know basic physics that when you get speared off a 15 foot level you happen to just curve slightly you don't go straight down that's who i blame but um nicole says with a lot of these stunts that aew does it's all stunt no show it's just they're doing it just to do it does that make sense? I call it Cirque du Soleil wrestling. I don't. I don't like it when the Young Bucks and Penta and Phoenix and um, Jurassic Express when they're just doing like four different d- dives and then trying to hit Canadian. Like the Canadian Destroyer, they did off the ropes that one time was cool, but it was marred so- by like thousands of other like sp- Spanish flies and like Spanish flies and stuff. Only work when they when you see them once a, once a show. Even that's probably too much. I don't like when they do all the dies because when they i see people flipping out of the ring that's when i'm like oh why are they doing that they're like you see four guys not even in the right spot yet like or what was it most of the time they're not set and that's what freaks me out i don't i don't like those type of spots at aew specifically because one people are, are not set correctly and number two like nobody catches the person like they're supposed to I've seen at least three or four, and every time I watch it, I tell myself, okay, they're going to do it right, they're going to do it right, and I always get, like, somebody's going to get injured, somebody's going to get hurt, and I'm just like, if you can't get the spot right, don't do it, you know what I'm saying, like, if you see that this person isn't set, then don't do it, if you see that they're not going to be able to catch you, they're not putting their arms up, they're not even trying, I'm just like, oh, God, oh, God, now there was an incident. There was an incident a couple months ago um, where Ray Phoenix, who is now out injured as well, that came breaking news today. Um, yeah. He he was on the top rope, and I don't remember. I think they were just having a big old fight, or it was like I, I don't remember. But there was a bunch of guys outside, and Phoenix gets on the top rope, and he does his like he tries to do his backflip, but he loses his footing, which is Nicole. Which is uh, sorry, <laughs> I don't know if for some reason none of your guys' calls are going through. That's all right. Um, Ryan, this is our other one of our other co-hosts. This is Nicole. Nicole, this is Ryan. He is the TikTok creator I was telling you about. Hello, Nicole. Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> Join talking some AEW with you guys. Okay, no problem. Uh, uh, what I what I just remember seeing is Phoenix slipping and there was like no cause of very quick concern that this dude is slipped and he went down pretty nasty. And I think he was out for an injury for a while because of that. Like the way he landed, the human body should have never landed, especially when there was like four or five dudes that were there to catch him. Like accidents do happen, but it's more along the lines of like, if you think it's a bad idea, maybe you shouldn't do it. Like one of my, if you want to call it a stunt, one of my favorite stunts is when, uh, what was it? The stadium showdown, stadium stampede. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. one of the young, one of the young bucks, just German suplexing Sammy Guevara from one end of the football field to the other. hundred yards. And I was like, I'm like, Jesus, I hope Sammy's spine's okay. But the way they executed it, it was funny. And I'm like, okay, they look like they practiced it. 
but a lot of times it just looks like they're like uh what was it like the kenny omega mox match the one that when it was the hardcore match yeah, thanks, lot, yeah. and and then me and nicole we love hardcore but we're sitting here watching it going okay this is this is a little too much like when they brought out that barbed wire platform thing i'm like oh they're just doing this because they can now so that that's what's that's what's kind of irking me a little bit it just seems like safety is not their number one concern over there no or at least at least that's the vibe i'm getting or they're bypassing a lot of safety correct for well they did get in a lot of trouble for that match too like if they they do another hardcore match like that another unsanctioned match they the the commission i think it was in new hampshire or rhode island when they did that match uh they sent a sanction out there where if they get one more they can't perform in the united states again and so i I think that one was mainly just mox was dean ambrose needing to let loose as john moxley um, I agree. Like, I'm a huge ECW fan. I didn't think that match went too far to say, but I took him out. I was like, I was surprised Kenny Omega took some of those spots because like Kenny Omega is so new to the States. I was like, man, you are like, even though he's so old, not necessarily like he's old, but old in wrestling ages, like he's not the young 24 year old anymore in NG, uh, NGPW. It's Kenny Omega. That's no one in America know, know, knows very much. So like when you see him going through these barbed wire matches, like when Joey Janela does these crazy stunts, you're like, oh, well, just like a mid-carter that's just like going to do these crazy stunts. So I was surprised Kenny Omega put his body on it. But mm-hmm. I I think that was just a one-time thing they did for John just to just to get kind of appease him in a sense. Probably. Well, let, me ask, let me ask you this, because we had this conversation on our uh, episode last week. Um, do you think AEW is pigeon pigeonholing i actually pronounced that word correctly holy shit um do you think that aew is pigeonholing john moxley because um it seems like every match he's been in except one i think it's like the past four or five matches has always turned into a no dq stipulation or it's like a hardcore situation do you think that they're just they're they don't mean to do that on purpose just from your point of view or do you think that I think they're placating to Moxley's strengths in the sense of that. Like that's when it's Moxley is kind of reminding me of like a Stone Cold Steve Austin character. He is the one that the glass breaks when the music comes out. When you hear that guitar riff, you know he's coming out. You're looking in the crowd where he's at. He is their biggest draw right now. And so you want to have the most exciting matches. What I do enjoy about them giving Moxley these matches is they're not giving it to every other match. It's making it a special event. So when you see Moxley fight, you know it's going to be special. Um, if you put a, if you start off the first match as a no DQ match, and then you have a no DQ match or like another stipulation style match in the middle mat or middle of the card, then it doesn't make it as special at the end. But I think that they're using those stipulations just to pump up his match that much more, because uh, I believe Moxley is going to lose the belt to Eddie Kingston. Um, don't tell people on my stream I'm saying that because I told them Moxley's going to win because make him feel better. But I do believe Eddie Kingston is going to win because it's just placated so long for the whole year of moxley just making this whole reign and the storyline that they're telling with kingston actually like i love the sports entertainer line like that's just so great (laughs) what they're doing um and his promos are just epic and an i quit match is going to be an epic way for john to like actually lose the belt if they don't give it to eddie kingston right here i am going to be really upset with AEW. i will be really upset 
I think year. he's going to lose it, too. I, I don't think he's going to have this past full year. But um, Nicole didn't get the opportunity to get her say on the um, the match that recently happened on AEW with um, the Dark Order member being laid out. So, Nicole, you have the floor. I mean, it's the same shit, same thing I always say, is that they need to do better. I feel like there's always something wrong with the Dark Order. Like, either one of them's, like, shit in their pants, <laughs> or one's, like... <laughs> it's not his fault that, you know, he got injured. Though. This isn't his fault. But they just have issues. This is because they have his poor management and Brody Lee, and that's why Anna Jay should just be in charge of the Dark Order. They probably wouldn't even be having these problems. Oh. <laughs> I can't believe what I am hearing. I love the Dark Order. I think what the Dark Order. No, is I love the Dark Order. Great. If Brody Lee wasn't in charge. I, have you watched being the elite? The Dark Order. No, I don't like it. You need it, like, like the me. whole point of being the elite is the old, or the whole point of the Dark Order on being the elite is the reason I'm all for Brody Lee being the head of them. It's it's so funny. He just literally rips on them the whole time. Like he, it's like a mini Vince. It's just a, it's perfect for his persona. And it adds too much to his character. I kind of didn't like how they took the belt away from him so quickly, but I digress. Cody Rhodes has old hair and new hair again, so but you can go no, back. So that, I just love the Dark Order. I, I don't know. Like that made me personal. I know. I'm just decent. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, <laughs> Tiff wasn't a fan of them taking a belt on them. I don't care either way, and this is a very unpopular opinion. But I don't like Brody Lee. I've never liked Brody Lee. I'd even like him when he was in WWE. So <laughs> there isn't, there isn't really. I just, I just don't, I just don't click with them. Um, I rather of it been Matt Hardy as the leader of Dark Order instead. I think I would have loved it a lot more. Yeah, I was very, I was very, very depressed about that. So I think that also might be a thing. Well, I just like, I just, I just don't like them. I love Dark Order because I love cults and I love shit like that. It's so fascinating to me. But like, I, I know I really do. Top ten, no, top three, like favorite weird things that I enjoy. Um, yeah. But him, no. No. <laughs> well, we I didn't like the fact because um, I I don't like companies that that do hot potatoes or like basically playing hot potato with title belts because you have to hold a title for a while to make it worth something. Um, like the IC title, you know, all those big titles. I didn't like the fact that they gave it to Brody Lee. Cody goes away, dyes his hair, comes back. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing against that dog collar match because that was actually really good. Oh, that was and amazing, actually. So, like, there, and you know, there was a few things, a little tweaks that could have been fixed, but overall, it was a good match. And then it's just like he comes back and he's got blonde hair again. I'm like, oh, your hair's fried, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised they did a hair color change again. Like, I don't understand that. I, I, mean, I don't understand the point. Uh, Why'd he even dye it, dye it black? I liked it black. I thought you were going to take it. care of your hair, Cody. Obviously, you don't yeah. care. But I like think the, the just a quick little iteration. I think when they took the belt off of him, because Cody had to go film that show, and he was doing all the stuff for that on the legal side. So I think it was kind of more of a fabe title reign. But then again, 
I, I'm, there was no real spec. I just heard like, oh, when Cody got that new game show thing he's doing or talent show, he had to go away for a while. He couldn't be on actual television all the time. And so I believe that is the reason they took the belt off him. But I don't know why the hair color changed. I don't know why that happened. See, Tiff loves Cody Rhodes, but she hates him with the blonde hair. So when he came back out with the dark hair, she got mad at us because we didn't tell her he tied his hair. Again. I liked his hair. I didn't get to see it. And yeah. I was like, why his hair was done? I like Cody. His darker hair is better. Yeah. The blonde hair freaked me out. I don't. I don't understand it. And I was just like, oh, okay, Cody Black's here. Awesome. So <laughs> I watched it. That, and then he was blonde again. And I was like, oh, oh okay. Mm-hmm. Um, this leads into the next topic um, I have because I actually went on Twitter. So, Twitter, I kind of blame this on you. And I made a list of wow. everything that people were complaining about. So, I'm trying yeah, to be a little oh, bit professional with this. I just got a couple of things here. Um, number the another thing that people seem to not really be digging with AEW right now is that there's no character development. They're not taking time for uh, storylines to mesh. They're not really flushing out people's character. Like it, it's kind of like the whole situation where they're what was what was someone saying that the Young Bucks were already number one contenders for the AEW tag belts. So what was the purpose of having that tech, that tornado tag match? I almost called it Texas tornado. The tornado tag match where they won anyway. It just seems like they're not taking time. They're, they just want to rush everything. Um, and nothing seems to be gelling. And I saw one person mention, well, you know, a lot of people gave this like Sasha and Bailey crap, but it's like with Sasha and Bailey, we knew one of them was going to turn on the other. It was just yeah. a matter of time. Right. So, but with um, AEW, they really, I don't know how you feel, Ryan, but to me, it feels like they don't give storylines time to, to gel or mesh or even see if it simmers. It is like, okay, well, this was like Mox and Brian Cage. I would have loved to see them go back at it again. But all of a sudden, it was like, oh, no, you're going to go against this guy. I'm like, what? No, he's supposed to be going up against Do you Brian really want to see Mox in a, in a Brian Cage match again? Do you really? I just want to see him put him in that arm Do you bar. Really? When, he's, when he's swinging into that arm bar, I was like, oh, shit. How you doing, Mox? Like, <laughs> I, no, I was not. I was like, you know what? One and done is good for me. Yes, wow. it makes no the, sense, dude, but I'm okay with it because I don't have to watch it. But Ryan, what do you, what do you think of like the storylines and character developments and stuff that's that's going on over there? I think AEW is doing a better way of telling their stories than WWE is doing. Their stories, like I feel like what you guys are complaining about, or not complaining about, what Twitter is complaining about, and what a lot of us have complaints with, is the fact that it, we're so accustomed to WWE's booking where, I mean, WWE is worse at doing that. They'll bring up something and then not talk about it, and then realize like, oh, I can fit this in now, and now it makes absolutely no sense. AKA Ali mm-hmm. is the hacker and leader of Retribution. I digress. But, what they do with their storytellings is just, for AEW, is so long-term, and the problem I have with AEW storytelling is they told us in the beginning, you only have to watch AEW. You don't have to do anything else. That's a complete lie. You have to watch Being the Elite, and or you have to watch AEW Dark, and you have to... And not saying that we shouldn't watch it, or that you don't, but, like, 
a lot of their storylines get delved out in other places, and we don't get to see it. My favorite storyline going right now is the breakup between Hangman Adam Page and the Elite. Um, I know that I don't even think that. I know the Young Bucks had a match for the number one contender spot, but I thought that was I ended in a no DQ or FTR came and did something and it never was actually made because then best friends got the number one contender spot a couple weeks later. And so I don't feel like they are not being consistent with the, I don't feel AEW is being not inconsistent. I feel like they are consistent with the way they tell their stories. I feel like what they're doing with all their characters is starting to make sense. Um, the Brian cage versus Moxley match was mainly just a way to bring Cage in because when you see Brian Cage, you see him as a champion. It's like when you see Braun Strowman, you need to see him in a title picture. And then they were able to give him the FTW championship, which is unsanctioned. So we'll see how that works. But if they can still pull that off, you put him in that light like a Taz where he will go back at Moxley. But the problem is him and Moxley's styles are too much alike and they clash in a sense where we get those matches like we saw against them too. Or how are you going to actually just make a winner? You can't bury Cage right now. He just came in and you he came in so strong. And so I agree they should have made that, that casino chip that he won like a money in the bank and have him hold it for a year and just taunt it over Moxley. I would have definitely preferred that, but – you do what you do and like they did Brody dirtier when they bring Brody in and then they just have him come in, get the title shot immediately and then lose it. It's like, ah, why do you have to squash him down to the mid card so quick? But then again, dark order is right now mid card jobbers that are here for entertainment purposes. So, uh, but I feel like their storytelling is epic. Like they, every person has a legit story and they're dealing with it in a pandemic era where we can't even get a live audience to tell them whether it's right or wrong and so you have to like that's the big thing is what you gauge your stories on is what the audience is feeling um and i feel like they're able to still do that even though they are some weeks without a player or without a, a superstar because they came into someone with covid now you have to switch up a match you have to make all these go through all these protocols and all these loops just to make something happen but i feel like they're doing it very successfully well if you I have agree to watch and disagree with that programs, I mean, yeah. if you have to watch Being the Elite and watch AEW Dark for the story to actually make sense. Like, for everything to encompass what you're supposed to get out of it, then that's a problem. Because not everybody's going to do that. Mm-hmm. So it's going to look like the story is incomplete or it's unfinished. Now, yeah, you did throw some shade at WWE, but... <laughs> You are right when you say that, that they do create stories and they abandon them when they either feel like they're not working or Vince comes in and says, oh, we need to do something else. The hacker story was perfect for me. I love the hacker story, as did many others. So when they just abandoned it after Sonya Deville's storyline was able to come up, I felt like they did us a disservice as fans and didn't at least give us something to round it out. Yes, they put Ali in at Retribution. But if you really look at how Retribution was structured and you put Ali in as the leader, that makes sense. Because Ali is the one who has the gripe. Out of all of them, he has the most to lose and the most to gain by being a part of Retribution. He does need this. Ali's the one who's been the most pushed down, the most stomped on, and he's the one who's been left out of the loop most of the time. So when they came out with the story of we're here for we're here to get ours because we're the forgotten, we're like, well, first of all, we don't know you. You're here. We don't know you. 
So <laughs> having him as your leader, that makes perfect sense. Was it late to bring him in? Yeah. Did they have done it before if they cut the stupid ass promo on Raw? Absolutely. Because that would have made perfect sense. We all would have been like, oh, yeah, now we understand why you're trying to shake up the establishment. Cool. Right, let's see what the fuck you're going to do. Because right now, it just looks like you got a bunch of goons coming in WWE doing stupid shit. That's what it looked like. There was no goal. There was no structure. So now you're going to have to give, you're going to have to like kind of start over with retribution a bit as Ali is the leader. But I do understand what you mean by them abandoning the hacker and then bringing it back saying, yeah, I was a hacker. We knew he was a goddamn hacker anyway. Hmm. Okay, we knew this. We were well aware of this. But for them to abandon it like that, it was stupid. It was a dumb move. They did incorporate it into Retribution's story, and I am hoping that they continue to use it. Because even though you know who he is, you never know when he's going to strike with information to take somebody down. So yeah. in my mind, that, that's perfect. It works. Let it ride. They're not going to do anything crazy with it because, you know, they're WWE. Yes. it was fine yeah um yeah and i agree and disagree well i i always i always rag on wwe storytelling because it it can be a mess except for when they and they're frustrating about wwe because when they want to try and when they're they can tell good stories they just don't yeah. feel like it all the time they're lazy. and they're getting lazy um, yeah, they get lazy, and then every once in a while they'll do something like really, really genius, and then they just give up for eight, eight, nine months, and then it's it's a cycle. So it's, it's not just laziness. Like, it's not laziness. It's one. Person. I think it is. It's it's it, one it, person. Well, it is it's laziness because it's like it's Vince. That is one person. But my thing is, I shouldn't have to watch all of these shows on YouTube to understand what's going on on TV. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. I mean, I'm not digressing. Like, if people have the time to do that, like that's awesome, and I like how they have all these different things for fans to interact with and like do all these different things. But to me, if you're gonna be, if you want to be a main stage player and you want to be the, if you want to be like the, well, they are the competition, but if you want to be the alternative mainstream. And you want to bring in, because that's a one thing that us wrestling fans don't like to admit, what really keeps the companies companies going is casual fans. So it's going to be hard to bring in casual fans to things like, to some some facets of AEW, because you're going to be like, what the hell is this? What's going on? Like, why should I care? And you're telling them, oh, you need to watch episode 1005 through 1012 on BTE um, to get the storyline of this. And then you should watch AEW Dark and are like, I don't have time for that. I'm just watching this to have like, you know, a good time. And hopefully when I can go back to, you know, hopefully real life, eventually I can like go to show and like know kind of who these people are. So that's just my broad and that's this is just me playing devil's advocate and me just looking at it from like no i 100 agree with stand, 
a business they, standpoint because that's just what I do. I do yeah. appreciate everything that they're doing, and I think it's awesome. But if you want to be lasting, they have to learn how to not throw everything on YouTube. They are having a hard time bringing new fans. I, that's that my like the one thing too. I was like, AEW has a problem with getting new fans right now because of that. And I don't think I mean, they should because uh, they have amazing talent. They have the, some of the best tag teams in the world. <clears throat> I'm losing my voice now. They have some of the best <laughs> tag teams in the world, and they have some. The women's division needs a lot of work. That's a whole nother issue. But yeah. they have at, at least point, some, it needs a miracle. Yeah, they need they need a hope and a prayer and everything else. Um, but that's what I'm saying. Like they have really talented effing people over there. There's no reason they should be having this issue. Bring it in your audience since they have really cool people who are signed on there. It's like, like, come on, guys. It, I feel like it's the storytelling they're doing. Like every, like it's we're used to shows on a Monday night or in SmackDown is always move, but like it's with what wrestling fans are accustomed to. Be or uh, the um. AEW is not kind of able to produce it in the same light. They don't have the same abilities as WWE have. Like one thing I feel like WWE is great at doing is telling the vignette stories. Like they'll yeah. like show like little vignettes from last week and do a bunch of stuff and t- make it make sense where you can see a 30 second clip. You're caught up on whatever the storyline is And AEW. I wouldn't mind if they did that, but they never showcase being the elite on there. Like if they brought in those, just cause it's usually only like 30 to 40 seconds just show those clips. Like we don't have to watch the whole show. Like, but just give us those highlights. Cause I agree. Like it's, it is a gripe that is like a lot of people have, cause no one wants to watch it. Cause unless you're a diehard fan and it's, yeah. yes, I guess you need the diehards to start it, but, and it's still young. We, we gotta say it's still young. There's still kids playing. If you think about it. Oh yeah. For yeah. sure. It's a bunch of children back there. Um, <laughs> but... of kids playing men. Um, let's talk about <laughs> yeah, but. I don't know. I just want them to do better on that aspect because I feel like they have endless possibilities. If they, I think they need to learn a thing or two from New Japan about how to do long-term story um, storytelling well yeah. on singular TV because that's the one. Well, New Japan's good at almost everything, but that's one <laughs> of their shining examples. And all the people that are from New Japan over there, you should think someone would have figured that out by now, but no. Yeah, Kenny's there. He's definitely one of them. As are the young bucks. Odie. Oh, boo. The American audience isn't the Japan. Yeah, the New Japan audience is much different than an American audience. I will say that because their attention spans are short. I don't mind a long um, feud. Actually, I prefer it because I like being invested in something and actually watching it. Some people want the feud to be over and done with within a month or so. After one pay-per-view, they're ready for them to move on to somebody else. I don't mind you going three pay-per-views and as long as the feud is keeping my attention, I don't mind it. But if you have a pay-per-view going, if you have a feud going rather, and the feud isn't worth my salt, like if I can make it explain better, Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio's feud should have ended at Extreme Rules, if you ask me. Um, I was tired of it by then, and it's been drawn all the way out until now. 
and I suspect they're going to have something happen at Hell in the Cell as well. It won't be in a cell to just have a match. They've jumped from Dominic to his daughter, Aaliyah. And although it made sense, it wasn't a strong enough feud to begin with for it to continue to go on as long as it has. So I understand people's frustration and gripe when it comes to long feuds, which is why I use their feud as an example. But um, I like a long feud that, that keeps my attention. Case in point, Drew McIntyre and Randy's feud, for me, is fine. I like watching them go up against each other and fight constantly. I like it. I, I, I like to, I just like watching them fight. It's, it's entertaining for me. That's back and forth mm-hmm. between the two of them. And it reminds me of older feuds that I used to see back in the 2000s. So for me, I think there's just a way that it has to be done so it makes sense. But then again, Ryan's right. The Japan crowd would probably be okay with watching the feud go this long. But because you're here in the States and you got people who are watching TikTok videos, no shade to you, Ryan. They're <laughs> watching TikTok videos for 60 seconds and they're fine. You know, they, they get to watch somebody get kicked in the face on TikTok for 60 seconds. They don't give a shit about watching a feud for three months on television. They don't care. So that's just a testament to what they're having to deal with. And they're going to have to learn how to pack a lot of information in a small amount of time. Which I hate that because now you're you're just catering to a specific audience, and I I feel like it should just be you're gonna sit and watch TV for an hour, then you should be able to sit and watch wrestling. Just just watch the damn show. Don't complain all the time unless it ne- it definitely needs it. Like we know WWE does stupid shit. We know AEW does stupid shit. We're aware of. But sometimes it is what it is, and you haven't even given it a chance to get to a point yet where it is some bullshit. Like, right out the gate, they'll be like, oh, I don't want to see that. And they're like, well, goddamn. Like, you, can, you <laughs> didn't even, we didn't even get to watch the match yet. Like, they just announced what's happening. Oh, no, it's going to be shit. I know. But what? You get your ass we, in there and do it then. We had a few friends who shitted on the Retribution story angle when it first came out, and we're like, mm-hmm. They're like, all they're doing is wrecking shit. I'm like, you guys aren't even given a chance. Like, there's this either going to be like a one-off thing that WWE is going to do, and no one's going to remember it for a while, and then, or they're going to do something. And like, the more and more they showed retribution, I know personally I was getting into it, but then they didn't do anything with them. And now I, they finally got my attention back because Ali's in there. And as AEW goes with story building there's only one like possible feud that's currently they're actually doing right right now except the fucking musical number that is still scarred in my brain um i saw a lot of people is, loving it, that music number i loved it it, it was perfect it, it, it was, added so it much to that feud <laughs> it's i see it because the did way you not I laugh? Did you it. not laugh? It wasn't supposed to be taken seriously. I mean, we're watching a TV show. Like it was so funny. The whole it was so comments up to field. Exactly. It was so goddamn left field. And I'm just sitting here and I'm asking them, like, are y'all watching the same thing I am? Because I want to make sure I'm not having a fever dream. Are they really having a kick line right now? That it, it was, was the best thing AEW has done. 
because the, the whole, this whole feud with Jericho and MJF, like from the get go, like since they were talking about Cody Rhodes like nine months ago when they're having that argument in the ring, like, you know who the biggest jackass in the AEW is? You know who the biggest jackass in the AEW is? I'll tell you who it is. I'll tell you. Cody Rhodes. Like, they just are magic together every time they're together. Like, this whole feud of them teaming up, it's going to end with a match between MJF and Jericho. But this is the festival of friendship all over again. And they're yes, able – MJF know. is perfect. He is perfect as a wrestler. He is a professional wrestler. He encapsulates everything. And he's going to be a major, major star for the rest of his life. I just, I just want to see it because just the way that like the the dynamite before or was like the body language with like Santana, Ortiz, Sammy, and Hager, Hager and Wardlow just staring each other down. Like I'm like this little shit. I love MJF. He's probably one of my favorite AEW wrestlers like on the roster right now. And um, I'm just looking at him like this little shit is going to turn all of them against each other. Mm-hmm. And, then gonna, and then he's going to make Jericho look like he's the one who caused all of it just because he was bored. Like, he's a sociopath. Even better. Just, Even better. I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm fine with that. But I, oh, I didn't see the musical number, so I can't comment on the funniness it was, of it because I didn't get to see it. And it was different. It's interesting to me that it, that's okay. And then when it happens in WWE, no, it does happen in WWE. They Jeff they Jarrett sang up. with my baby tonight in like t- 1995, and everyone sang along yeah. with him. That was but 95. that was 1995. Exactly, is as I'm saying. This is even this is no, the same calibration. When they've done they've done things that it's okay. Honestly, it's it's. It's how it's done, though. I would agree, because, like, the karaoke contest was crap. It was utter crap. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> we shit it on that for at least a good hour. But uh, I, I can explain why these are two different, totally different things, too. With the dinner party, they were took it as a cinematic match. This is the perfect segue to the cinematic matches, which is kind of like the quarantine's era right now. If they would have made the... Uh, karaoke contest if they would have took the karaoke contest and they took the jeff hardy bar fight and they just swapped locations it would have been fixed if you put these four actors and or four wrestlers and you put them in a bar scene it's like okay we're gonna have a karaoke contest and you put jay uso or oda should have been in charge to be honest but you put one of those guys in charge of it it would have got over people would have loved him like oh yeah but they made it in the ring and made a mockery of itself like they they didn't even take it seriously so like it's the fact that mjf and jericho are selling this 100%. Like, it is, this is what they are. Like, it's it's perfect. It is it is the best thing wrestling has going right now is their feud. But on the flip side, to play devil's advocate, if WWE did a song and dance number, let's, let's, let's pretend the karaoke thing never happened because I prefer to delete that from my memory as much as possible. Well, not, um, not to cut you off, not to cut you off, Alexis, but he did give you a scenario. So take it from his perspective. He said, put the karaoke situation in the bar. Like they walked in, it was a cinematic setup, right? Yeah. And they had mm-hmm. the stuff in the bar and they did everything and Lacey attacked her in the bar and then everything went down that way. And say it turned into a bar fight. And yeah, it, that would have been a full on bar fight. Like it's execution. I would have been fine with that. That would have been fine. 
because I could believe that they're fighting because obviously there's a crowd of, there were people in the bar, you know, quarantine, whatever. There were people in the bar who preferred Naomi over Lacey Evans. Okay, cool. Fine, whatever. That's um, fine. But I, I don't, I don't believe it would have went over well with everyone else. Yeah. I don't believe that at all. Um, I really liked, so I was the only person in the group who liked the Jericho and, um, MJF, um, I said Dan Summer song number. (laughs) I don't know this. It has, because I'm not Jericho. I'm not the biggest Jericho fan anymore. So I'm not. So I was just like, and I was like, I like this for some reason. I was like, I don't know why. But I really like it. Do I think it's the best thing going on right now? No, because I don't think I honestly think the best thing going on is wrestling is nothing that's on TV is what a lot of people are doing on indies. And this is like, especially like you have people like AJ Gray who are killing it and who are getting better and better um, everything they're doing um, or you look at Minus all of the COVID and like the other scandals, but like the whole GCW weekend, and you had um, Effie's big Effie's big gay brunch. Like to me, that's the best thing going on in wrestling right now is the showcasing of all these different individuals of the independent scenes. I think this is regardless. Everyone likes to say, like, oh, the indie scene and so-and-so because it spawned this person, that person. I think this is the best the indies have been in at least 10 years. I think the pandemic's helping with that because they've been out of work for six months and now they're back in it. Like, you see the passion in it. I'm going to an indie show tomorrow just because last month I saw and, like, you could – it's just so refreshing to go out and see live wrestling again. Yeah, so to me, that's that's what's – that's what's the best thing right now is all of those people. Cause they're like, they're young and they're hungry and they're so talented. So that's what I'm excited about. Like bumped all these te- I'll bump all these people on TV with contracts, no offense, but like the old people. I'm good. I'm good with the old people. Yeah. <laughs> to me, this is what I love. Cause it's the future. And these, and these are the people who are going to clean out a lot of the junk that we still have lingering in the top tier of wrestling and this is regardless of company or whatever like I think they're really going to change a lot of things for the better so that's why I'm more excited and more pumped for them if that makes sense yeah I I totally agree I, I I love the indie scene right now too because like for the last six months I've just been on Twitter too, like looking up stuff because you can't really watch a lot of wrestling and they've been posting a lot of cool clips. I've met a lot of cool wrestlers in the last few months, even just because that's where I'm seeing a lot of wrestling. It's like you need a live audience. And I feel like that's important. And being able to see some of these live shows where like, even if it's secondhand from someone's cell phone, like it feels good being there. And it, it, it makes it, it makes it much more impactful. I feel like, it gives the wrestlers that much more too. Cause I'm seeing a lot of great stuff from a lot of indie wrestlers that I can't wait to see in the future. And then you find out these indie wrestlers are 10 years in and you're like, wow, like you, and, and he's, yeah. you know, hopefully AEW and like places like ring of honor come back and all this stuff. And it gives more opportunity. Um, I know impacts doing a lot of great work too. 
Uh, NWA, I don't know. They, yeah, they're uh, what they're in right now, but you know, there we've seen a lot uh, of. We need a lot of more options. They're currently on hiatus right now. They gotta, they gotta fix some things in the front office. And yeah. Billy Corgan just came out and said, "Hey, if you want to go wrestle for another company right now, we won't hold you back from doing it. We understand you need to make money." Yeah, so like, I feel that. Okay, that's good. Okay, Billy. So I, uh, I don't want to take. I don't want to take too much more of your time, but Ryan, where do you think AEW will stand come their next one year or well, second year uh, show on TNT? Do you think that we're, we're going to see some improvement? Do you think we're going to start seeing it or we're going to have to wait a little bit longer? Like what, what do you think that you're going to see for this company in the next year? I think we're only seeing it improve at this point. I mean, like it's, even though we, we have the gripes and stuff, we're still watching. We're still talking about it. Um, it's still something that is growing and they're growing into their own. Um, they're all coming from so many different backgrounds. And so I feel like in the next year, what's really holding them back and we're starting to see the downfall is NXT. And I feel like NXT in the next year will switch channels or switch nights. And then once AEW is on a full night on its own, I feel like we'll definitely start to see more of improvement and they're not going to start stacking um, weekly matches to try to win out an audience number eight. Uh, right now they're charting and NXT is not charting. So I feel like in the next year it will be rivaling um, Monday Night Raw and SmackDown numbers. It Whether or not they can maintain these storylines, I hope they can. Like I hope they can continue to build these characters because we, it is taking a long time to get through some of these feuds. I was expecting the Omega Page breakup to happen a while ago, but now we're just starting to get it. And then we're getting heel bucks and heel mega. Like I'm, I'm starting to get really excited for what they can tell in the stories. And I feel like they're only going to grow. I feel like in the next three to five years is really what's going to be the real test of time. But for the next couple of years, they're going to be on a steady incline. Tiff, Nicole, what do you guys think? Um, <clears throat> I think if AEW sticks to AEW, they will continue to climb. If they continue to go down the road of, and I know a lot of people don't like to hear me say it, but it's the truth. If you continue to try, to compete with NXT or WWE, I don't think that's the best interest. I will explain it in a way that you can understand. Impact plays to their strengths. They understand what their particular audience is looking for in terms of wrestling. AEW is well aware of that, but they're so consumed with the numbers and how everything looks on paper that they are making mistakes that a larger company would make like WWE. So if they play to the strength of AEW, which is the Kenny Omega and the whole the whole superstardom that they have as a whole, from the guys from the elite down to the guys on the indies, they all have a, a special place there. If they play to those strengths and not be so consumed with the numbers, then he's absolutely correct. They will do very well um, on television. But they also have to clean up their production. They have to tighten up their referees. They've got to make it so that even though it's AEW, you want to have that line. Because it seems that AEW toes the line between indie and professional style wrestling. And I don't mean professional like they're not wrestling professionally. I mean like television style wrestling. I could put it that way. They toe the line between those two genres in wrestling so if they're going to be in that middle ground that's fine 
but they still have to be able to make their their matches clean. It needs to be clean, and they have to rectify these major botches that are happening on television, and they're happening more frequently than they should. So if they clean up and they play to their strength, then AEW will be just fine. Nicole, what do you think? Um, I agree for the most part. I do think that they need to. I have a, and this is me because I'm clinical and I think about everything too much on the business standpoint. Their production is awful. And this is just, and this is being nice. Like their production is awful. Like hell, Ring of Honor looks better. And I have seen Ring of Honor on TV and at least they teach my thing is it's like you have all those people on there who's wrestled at tv and no one knows about tv side i'm not saying they have to have the same tv side as eight as wwe but it's like it's too i shouldn't we shouldn't see too much of the technicality of what's going on because they don't know camera angles and that's a combination of like a lot of people's faults that's just a big gripe until they and I'm gonna always gripe on them about it. NXT had that problem their first like couple years wrestling like it was too fucking dark. It was like you're in a horror movie. It's like it's it's almost nearly pitch black. It was like the first like year or two of NXT made no sense. But um yeah, I do agree. I think they need a they need to really I think I'm also, they need to stop investing so much into the elite. They have plenty of people there who are more talented than them, except for Hangman Page. Um, they need to do more with him. But I think mm-hmm. they have so much good talent that they need to push them more into the forefront. Like, you have, like, well, not Pentagon, well, not Phoenix, because he's injured again. But you have Pentagon and Phoenix, like, like, think, like, how huge they would be, especially with, like, kids in a mainstream audience. Like, from a marketing standpoint. And it's the same thing with, like, Sunny Kiss. Hell, they could have, they could do so much with Sunny Kiss, not only inside the ring and with his character, you can do so much cross-promotion with him, put him on as a guest judge of RuPaul's Drag Race or something, and oh be like, God, hey, yeah. if you like this, tune in and watch me wrestle on whatever day AEW comes on on Wednesdays. Like, there's just so... I want them to... They have literally so much potential, but I feel like they're so focused on having the elite carry everything, and they're not necessary. None of those, none of the elite are necessary for the success of that company. And I think they also, that's another major thing I think they need to realize and get over. Well, I mean, the elite did kind of start the whole company. Yeah, but I don't think they're that talented in in ring wise. Good for them. They're good businessmen. But I think they're the people that they have on there are 10 times more talented than them. I think Kenny Omega is one of the best in ring performers of our time. Wow, that's nice. eh, I, he's the best one out of all of them. 
I mean, he's yes, the one of the best but... ones in the world, too. So, I mean, I agree, like, Kenny Omega. But the thing is, like, I agree the elite is going to be stopped being pushed. But in the first year, like, you had, like the before AEW even existed, it was elite, uh, the all-elite shows, all-out, all-in, like, and it was just them selling out to 10,000 people. And so I was okay with them giving the belt to Jericho at first because, like, it gives them, like, a pop of a heel and gives them that legend build so we can still just get people invested. And then you give it to Cody's TNT title because everyone wants to root for Cody still. We're still on the hype of the AEW being created. A year now, you're I feel like even the Bucks are tired of being cheered. That's why like they're kinda of, you can see in their reaction when the end of the live shows where they didn't like being like, you know, like they want to get a new rock. They don't want to be in the do the elite roles on AEW. Kangman's already tired of it, so I feel like we are going to yeah. see a bigger change from all that. But I feel like I it was mean, they say... for the first year because they are the CEOs of this. They want people want to see them and what they do, and then they can fade off in obscurity. I kind of I don't really believe that, and this is just me because if you remember, and this is like going back years and years, um, people that know that Vince was the CEO of the company until the screw job happened they just thought he was somebody on tv yeah but that was, we didn't have wrestling but, like we had now like we are now yeah but that's grew up but wrestling, if you're gonna use that example knows. if you well, yeah, use but, that example of them being ceos i'm just using like a counterpoint i yeah, do get I that agree, that they should they be there the for then. they should be that for the counterfront but my thing is is I don't think they're necessary for the development of the future on screen wise. I'm not discrediting discrediting them what they've done behind the scenes and what they're doing building the company. I will not, never take that away from them. I'm simply talking about it from an on-screen presence. I don't think they're necessary enough for them to be showing so much when they have taken all this talent from all these different areas to build up their roster, then do that. And they can continue to do all of the, whatever they're doing backstage and still show their faces and all that. But to me, it just rings too much as an elite show and it doesn't need to be that way. Like you have so much talent, so many, like so many great individuals just showcase that you can build off of that and everything I feel like that's I think exactly we'll what they're doing, though. Because, like, I mean, even Cody was, like, when he had the TNT run, like, he was giving, like, people we never even saw a main event match. And so I, I don't – I mean, I agree, though, like, in a sense. Like, I feel I feel like what you want to happen is going to happen. I feel like the elite is going to fade off because we barely see the Young Bucks anymore. Kenny Omega and out and Hangman aren't doing the elite feud. They're, like, on a, their own feud. So I feel – I just – I mean, I, I don't know. I just, like – all, I just love the fact that all elite, the the elite ran it for the first year. Like they, if we would have gave Hangman the title right off the bat, no one would have took an AEW seriously. It's just like if Jericho's the champion, people are going to want to tune in to see why. And then you put on Moxley, people want to see why. And they're not elite, and the whole company was led by those two for the first year. So like the only one that really got the showcase was Cody Rhodes, and you want to root for Cody. Like he was, he is the one that runs the show, but. He and he even says it himself. He doesn't want to wrestle for too much longer, and so it's it's just something that I feel like we're just going to need time for. But it was needed for the first year because that's how it started. If they if they didn't put those people in the main event matches, they wouldn't have had an audience because the people who were watching wanted to see them, which is the problem because now they haven't made a new audience. But the problem is they wouldn't have grown a new audience 
they're in a main event slot too on TNT. It's not like they're on Axis on a Saturday night or a Tuesday night. Like it's it's they have a main event five o'clock slot they have to fill every week. You have to put your stars in the right spots. Uh, yeah, yeah, they do. They do have to put their stars there. But that's where building comes in. So if you're going to use the young bucks and slowly transition them out to possibly being part timers or not being on television at all. That's when you do guys like Private Party and Best Friends and your Pentagons and, and those guys. That's what you use them for. That's why you build to slowly transitioning them out. And as if you're going to say, well, they were showcasing the elite for a year and they slowly pulled back, they pulled them from title contingency, sure, but they were on TV just about every other week wrestling. Every time you were on television, the Young Bucks were wrestling until just recently. They were wrestling private party. They're wrestling FTR. They're wrestling in like six man tag matches with Jurassic Express. Like they're putting other people over. What? Putting over Jurassic Express? Jurassic Express was already over. Did they boost them? Yes. I'm not taking nothing away from it. But you're saying like, yeah, they had to use them. I agree. In the beginning, when they were doing their pay per views and they started their show, you're right. They did have to use them to build up the roster so people would get to know who the other stars are but if you're going to rely on them in that way then you do need to fall back they didn't need to be in that six-man tag team match if you're going to build stars then you have to start somewhere nobody's saying that the elite shouldn't be a part of the show at all that's not what i'm saying i can't speak for nicole i can only speak for me that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is if you're going to use them that time in that way and if that's what you're seeing, then I need for them to push them forward. Don't do shit like put J.K. Gar and, and Jericho together and then claim they're going to be a tag team. That messes up your tag team division. Don't do shit like that. Don't have the Young Bucks wrestling on television and you have a match. You might have a match with Jurassic Express and, like, I don't know, you got Pentagon you got Jr. and his partner, and then you might have a third. They're having a very good match. I know do shit like have the young bucks come down there and kick a referee and just walk away. Like that's a heel turn. That's the that's no, them doing the heel that. turn. No, you have a heel turn in their story. Is it a part of their story? Yeah, okay, whatever. But if you're going to do it, if you're gonna slowly transition the young bucks into possibly not being on TV as much or being involved in feuds that much then you have to build the stars. You can't just put them in a match and then that's building. No, it isn't because it doesn't do anything for the people that you're building. It, it doesn't like do they anything have, for them. We already agreed, though. AEW is the best tag team division in the world. So they yes, are... I don't I want like, them to waste it, though. How are they waiting? I feel like... I feel right like what was that? Who's the champion? It's FTR. It's FTR. Who could have been champion before FTR got there? Outside Lucha the Bros. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, but the Lucha Bros don't want to be a tag team. The Lucha Bros want singles runs. Is that a story, or is that no? A, that is what the Lucha Bros wanted. Like they Not were brought. The Lucha Brothers—they're more than just the Lucha Brothers. Who could have been the tag team champion outside of FTR and the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers—they don't want to be champions. Well, it's Jurassic it's, Express, I mean, Private Party, and Party, Best uh, Friends. 
best friends could have been one. Yeah, like they and like uh, uh, Tito and Ortiz. Like I could easily see them winning it. Uh, but yeah. the problem, the thing is, they gave it to Hangman and Omega to run for a while, and I felt like that storyline just went either. a little too far. I feel like that they was the that they held the belt for too long. Yes, they held I those agree. titles for 293 days. But then again, you <laughs> have to, they're early on, so I can see how you have to make the first title reign something that counts. Which they weren't the first could... title reign, it was SCU. Yes. They took the belt oh, that's true. off the that's SCU. True. They, they take them off SCU in the very like very first month or which, so. Which was Correct. ridiculous because SCU was a, is a well-established, well-known tag team everywhere. And you take the tag belts off of them to go put on two mostly singles competitors and hold my- it for almost 300 days. I do understand, like, I didn't like the Jericho thing at first, but then, like, a week after he won the belt, I was like, okay, I like this. I could get with this. So that's fine. I, under- I didn't yeah, like I this at all whatsoever. I understood why they had to do that with Jericho, because they had to get people's eyes in on AEW, because not everybody who watches WWE watches other wrestling promotions. So they wanted a name that people especially because Adam Page was well more known in Japan with the Bullet Club, they want someone that the American crowd will be like, holy shit, Chris Jericho's still wrestling? He's still alive? Yeah. Like, you know, people our age will be like, oh shit, I'm, I might watch this now. That was I get what y'all... After a while, I got used to that. that but that's what I mean when I say, you, if you're gonna set, this, set it in motion to build the stars, then you need to do that. And I, I'm not saying that the Young Bucks aren't allowed to be on television. I'm not a big fan of the Young Bucks, but I respect the hustle and their craft. So, but I, I am more like you have the, one of the best tag team divisions in the world. That is true. But you are not utilizing them to the best of their ability. And you have people who could be embroiled in rivalries that people can get behind that is outside of the Young Bucks. And Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page being champion. I mean, if if you're if that's okay for you, that's fine. Was it necessary? No, it was not necessary. I felt like later on down the line, if you wanted to do that, sure. But that's where you started. You started with this. And it makes sense. You're like, okay, well, they're popular, they're the elite, they start in the company. So let them run rampant throughout the company for a little while. And then we'll start to break off. But the way you're breaking off, it's not looking like you're giving, you're starting to build the stars. You're not doing that. The only people who have really have set their own pace or rather their own building blocks in AEW right now are Orange Cassidy, Darby Allen, Ricky Starks just got there, but he's doing fine, and MJF. They're the ones who stand out in the crowd. They're the ones who people most likely will be able to know outside of the elite and Chris Jericho, you know, and Matt Hardy, because he, you know, got his own thing going. But that, they're your core. So if you're going to start from somewhere, start with them. They're outside of the elite. Most of them are in the mid card. If you're trying to build your company around the center of your you're superstars, you're trying to create a new nucleus, there's your new nucleus. And all you have to do is add a few more players to that mix. 
And then you can start to build those rivalries outside of them and outside of Jericho. Is it going to be a slow process? Sure. I'm not saying it should happen now. Like, yeah, this snatch all the titles off of everybody. No, you're going to have to make the story make sense. That's all. Just start with the new nucleus and make a whole new cell to, to, to do it. Yeah. Because I, I want them I to succeed him. for the business standpoint and, and for yeah, everyone absolutely. in general. I just want them to be yeah. themselves, just to be themselves. I, don't I, want I agree. WWE. We already have WWE. We don't need Yeah, I'm not trying to watch more of that shit. Yeah, we don't need two of them. You want AEW to succeed. Where that is that is the goal. But if I can't give constructive criticism on a product that is new, old, or whatever, it, I should be able to speak. To, if this is my truth and what I see, I should be able to speak on that just mm-hmm. like I can speak about WWE and any other company. It's not perfect, but there are things that what you said makes sense. I agree. Having the elite started made perfect sense, especially in that pay-per-view phase, especially in that phase. But when you move to television, especially earlier this year, before the pandemic hit and they started to kind of roll into the feuds and everything, moving into new people would have been the best bet for you because you would have allowed them to gain their stardom too. Uh, They did well with Darby Allen. That's how they got Darby Allen over. They know what to do. They just need to start doing it. I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. I feel like they will. It's just, I feel like the pandemic is really the biggest kicker. Because you can't really, like, we haven't seen Pac in six months either, and he's one of their stars. I forgot about him. Me too? Totally forgot about him. I agree agree with all three of you. Um, I want, as as much shit as I talk about it, I want this company to succeed because I I always kind of want to root for the underdog. I want to see the smaller guys live up to the potential we know that they have. They have, and Nicole, Nicole said it, we've said it, everybody has said it. They have some of the best indie talent out there right now. They have some of the best female talent. Their tag team division is something only WWE could dream of any given day. I will give them that. But they have to get these kinks worked out. I know they're a baby company. They've only been on TV for a year. But they really need to sit down and be like, okay, guys, this is what we need to tighten up on. Cameramen, you need to get your angles right. Refs, you all need to get on the same page because this isn't funny anymore. Because the only one who seems to know how to do her job is Audrey. <laughs> does that love her? She can't do it. She's anything. the only person. She should probably train yeah. everyone there. Yeah. Can we clone her? I love Audrey as a ref. Yeah. She's yeah, the I only. I don't understand why she's fine and all the other refs have issues. I don't understand that. Then she needs to have a boot camp. Just be like, no, nah, we're here. We're here all day. You guys got nothing else better to do. <laughs> a boot we're going to do this. A boot camp. I told them, I said, if they would hire me, I'd fix. I, I don't know. I'm probably a month. How long, whatever <laughs> long it takes me to fix my own department at my job, I'll be like, this is what it's, how long it took me to fix this. Um, I will fix this here. Kid, Nicole was going to wrestling school to learn how to be a ref. Yeah, yeah she was. Oh, then, nice. 
and then COVID happened, and she's just like, nah, I'm, I'm not going. But <laughs> And I, I told them, I, I just, said, they hire me. I was like, I'll be the person that is a bitch and yells at people. <laughs> I'm fine with that. I don't care. You do that anyway. You, you have to have that person. Yeah, that's what I told I, I told, um, I tweeted at the brain and I said, Brandy, if you want to be mean and you don't want, and you are scared about people talking back on you, talking back to you online, it's like, hell, I'll do it. I don't give a shit. <laughs> yep. Just hire you a Lucian. I, I want to see them good. succeed. I want to see the seasoned vets like Frankie Kazarian and Christopher Daniels and the seasoned vets back there being the guy stepping up and helping them out. I want to see... Because I want to see these these guys and girls. Because some of the women, yeah, but if you look at some of the roster, would WWE would never touch these guys? You think Orange Cassidy would ever get picked up by WWE? Oh, no, no, yeah, not. Them, no, as WWE an, has a certain aesthetic. They 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 cater to a certain aesthetic, and Bill Bitch has a certain aesthetic, and he just he just doesn't believe anybody else outside of that aesthetic is worthy. And he's wrong. Oh, it's just outdated. It's what he has. What he what has works for a Mm -hmm. certain audience, and even that audience gets sick of it, as we've seen. Like he still pulls, you know, three million people watching on average a week. Like Raw is a lot low now, but SmackDown's up in numbers. So, well, SmackDown's the better show at this point. Yes, it usually is. I was right. I told you. I I told you. Uh, I just, I just want to see the indies. I, I just want to see that an indie promotion was able to get on basic cable on a Wednesday night in a prime time position, and like, I wanted to succeed. The only thing I need them to do is someone needs to take charge back there. That's not afraid to be an asshole a little bit because you have to be an asshole sometimes to succeed. I get that, especially in business. But y'all need to y'all need to put a gag order on people talking shit about WWE. So Nero, you said shit again and your wife went through a table again, my dude. But hey, she's got a title shot. She's got a title shot. That is not why you know they they because right out of the gate I remember that they were kind of saying like not so many words we're going to take down WWE okay well well, how well we're, we're just going to take them down okay well if you're going up against a company like WWE you need to have a game plan you need to have plan A through Z and then whatever you can think of after Z because WWE as much as people hate them how long have they been around now 50 years 75 years? I don't know. Vince, Devil works hard, but Miss Vince McMahon works harder. Exactly. <laughs> I I want to see them. I want to see them grow. I want to see them succeed, but I need them to stop with the bullshit. It's like, you know, when your parent catches you doing something and they're just exhausted and they're just like, "What are you doing?" Just, just stop it. Go to bed. Like I'm, I'm done with you today. <laughs> like it's that, it's that kind of thing. I mean, I, I want to rectify your women's division. You, well, you, you got to wait till they get healthy. They're just injured. They're injury prone right now. Their women's division. Yeah, Chris Statlander out. Uh, I mean, she just got back. Where Britt Baker was out. 
Riho stuck in Japan. Um, a few of them. I, uh, the m- m- who's the one that does the Freddie Mercury? She's stuck in Japan. Um, no, she left. She she got oh, she released. Oh, yeah. was she? Oh, wow. I didn't know that. But um, and then Thunder Rosa is on like dailies. So, I mean, yeah. Don't get me wrong. They have a very lackluster women's division, but like with injuries, like it's hard to maintain it. Like even Raw and SmackDown have a rough women's division right now. I I don't know what they're doing with Nyla. Nyla's there, but they're not using her. Um, Awesome Kong. Awesome Kong had knee surgery. She's on rehab. And she she said that as long as COVID was running rampant, she's not going anywhere near a wrestling ring. I'm like, well, fuck. Yeah. It's just, it's rough times for like, it's just, there's not a lot of women's wrestlers that are like, standouts right now that we've seen um penelope ford though i feel like she's doing a lot of great i feel like they have a great women's division it's just it's hard to get over without a crowd i feel like and i feel like it's like it's just lackluster some of it like if you don't have veteran like female wrestlers veteran wrestlers in general that can work without a crowd it's hard to get because a lot of the wrestlers right now in the women's division are young wrestlers. Not young necessarily. Like I know Penelope Ford has been in the scene for like seven years, but she's like it's not been on like a big scene yet. Like when she was wrestling before with big audiences, it looked great. Now there's no audiences. It's just like what are we doing here? Like you got to keep the pace, and it's just hard to kind of make that ad- adaptation without having a veteran presence. And so we're just yeah, don't have that. You got to have those vets who remember when they used to wrestle at the bingo hall and only five people showed up and really didn't yeah. care. I mean, because Hikaru Shida is amazing. Like, she's fantastic, but she's been, you know, swamped and squashing people. Uh, Big Swole, I feel like, has that problem where she just doesn't play to the crowd or she only plays to the crowd. And so, like, it doesn't really work her gimmick if she's just, you know, trying to wail on people. They, they just really have no direction, and I, I need someone to step up because, you know, they always say someone in WWE is the locker room leader. They need a locker room leader back there, and if Cody is going to focus more on the business side of things, then they need someone like Kazarian, like Daniels, like Scorpio Sky. Dustin. Like some, hell, even, even Kip Sabian, who's been around for – you know, he, he's not like 25 years into his career or anything like that. But guys who have been there in the in this business long enough to know what's going on, they need someone, men, men and women, need to just be like, okay, so this is what we're going to do. And this is how it's going to work out. If you guys have a problem, come to me and we'll work it out. Like, they need someone back there. Like, even the tag teams, they're like, uh... Who's a good one that could be a tag team leader for all the tag teams in the back? Uh, hell, let's just say Kazarian and Daniels again. Well, I mean, they have Tully and they have Arn Anderson. So, I mean, those are the two uh, best you can get in the business. They need, and this is no offense to Tully and Arn, but they might need a little somebody a little bit younger. You know, just I, I don't No, I don't think that. I think that's the opposite that they need. They need someone older and a veteran mind because that's the problem we have is they're do, they're rushing. They're doing too much. They're trying to do flips and tricks. Like if you don't need a Hunter Helmsley back or not Hunter, um, a Shane Helmsley back there trying to tell you make all these new moves. You need someone out there saying, hey, you got to know how to sell this move. If someone hits you with the punch, take two seconds, step back and sell it. Don't just try to like hit it, fall back and try to fall and look for your spot to stand here because they're going to be jumping off the ropes and you have to catch them and then flip. Like if you're thinking about the match too much, you can't call the match. 
like how The Rock always sold the Stone Cold Stunner. Like, no, do it for a six pack of beer at the end of the night. You know, <laughs> hell, I've done worse for a six pack of beer. So I mean, hey, there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't want to keep you much longer because I know SmackDown's coming on tonight. But Ryan, thank you so much for coming on our show and talking no with us. And it was great having an AEW fan's perspective, who's actually can talk about AEW, just not snap and tell us that we're wrong about everything. We, I, we, well, we all have opinions. That's the beauty of being a wrestling fan. Like we all see it differently. Yeah, can we get that? On? That is true. That's true. That's yeah, that, uh, thank you guys so much for having me. Um, if you guys want to see more of my stuff, please follow me. I am Macho Fan R H E on all social medias or on my Twitch, the Macho Fan. Um, just love talking wrestling and hanging out with wrestling fans. So hey, thank you guys for having me. And uh, if you guys are into promo battles, if you guys are into E Federations, I do run the. TikTok Wrestling Federation on TikTok. It's our little promo league uh, followed with next-gen talent where we run weekly matches. And once a month, we do like a big old pay-per-view card where people just promo against each other. They come up with a lot of creative stuff, and so it's amazing what we can create there. We have a Discord server. It's popping off right now. So if you guys ever want to come promo or just watch some people promo against each other, just ordinary people doing extraordinary things. So come see what we're doing over there on TikTok. It's not just 60-second videos. They are 60-second promos, and they are amazing. Come waste time with us. <laughs> hey, awesome. I, I, I posted a promo to you, but I never heard a response back. But this is like when I first got my first, like, first started TikTok. I think so, I remember that, yeah. Well, that was right when we were creating everything. I was getting – the thing is people took to this, like, fire, like, like flames the gasoline or whatever this um, saying is. But, man, like, it's <laughs> – it's a spark that we um, started, and now it's a now it's become a wildfire. And so, it's a lot of fun. So, if you ever want to come back and try again, like we definitely have a whole new setup, and it's all organized and it's beautiful. So, definitely come on back. We love having new people. All right, I'm, I'll have to find it and repost it because I'm lazy and I don't want to set all that stuff up again. <laughs> uh-huh. right. Ryan, thank you so much, man. It's been a blast, and uh, y'all. Stay tuned. We got another episode coming out this week. We're going to do our Hell in a Cell predictions, our Halloween Havoc predictions, which I know me and Nicole are very happy we're getting a Halloween Havoc again. And we got a bunch bunch (laughs) of crazy stuff going on this year. Just to give our listeners a heads up, after Survivor Series, we will be taking our yearly break between holidays because wrestling tends to slow down and we want to spend some time with our families and not be too crazy especially with this year so just follow us on instagram and twitter follow us on tiktok and uh we'll see you guys next time bye bye